Why? Why? Have you ever asked God, why? Have you ever asked God why when bad things happen to seemingly good people? Cancer, a car accident, someone's killed, a freak boating accident in which a young lady who's in college and who had the world before her and so many promises and so many things that could have happened. Her life was ended tragically in a, in a boating accident. Or what about when people, other people who make poor choices, who probably should have been dead several times already, live on? Right? Does that ever make you question God? Does that ever make you ask the question, why? Why, God? This week, um, a physician stopped by my office. He's an emergency room doctor at the hospital. And, and we got to talking and, one, and the conversation went to how life just doesn't seem fair at times. And you're left asking, why? And, and, and from our conversation, I was just listening because we were actually talking about websites and marketing. But somehow the conversation got onto this and he began to talk about some of his experiences as an emergency room physician. And he said, you know, it makes you want to ask why when a child gets cancer. Or, or has a serious health issue. Right? We had one hit close to home for us at, at our home church back uh, a few years ago. A young boy by the name of Blake Driggers. He was eight years old. He was at the lake enjoying time with his family, playing in the water, playing with his cousins, enjoying the barbecue. The next thing you know, he's sick. Then come to find out he progressively gets worse and he has a brain-eating amoeba. There's nothing that they can do. They can't reverse it by the time they realize that it's a brain-eating amoeba. And he dies. An eight-year-old child dies because he was simply playing in the water and he contracts this rare amoeba that, that is a flesh-eating, brain-eating amoeba. And he dies. And you're left asking why. Right now, there's another physician here in town. His child is battling for their life. A small child that has a heart, um, a heart infection. Right, And as I was praying for him, I'm like, Lord, thank you for doctors. Thank you for physicians. Thank you for medicine. But even in times like this, even with them being a physician and knowing other physicians, there might not be anything that they can do. And you're left wondering why. What about this? The doctor in the emergency room, he shared this conversation with me. He said, you know, you have a local drunk who stumbles around town, who's a frequent flyer in the emergency room. Their liver is shot. Their blood pressure is sky high. They have diabetes that goes unmanaged. They don't take the medicine that's prescribed to them. And they don't seem to care about their health. There's just a, con a continuous, endless cycle of, of repeat visits and unhealthy habits and an unhealthy lifestyle. And the physician says, they should be dead already. And you're left wondering, why? Today we're taking a break from our regular series that we've been in the first of the year. It's called Go Deeper. We're taking a break from that. What are we doing? We're in Psalm 10 this morning. Why are we there? Well, back in the day, 
My home church pastor, Pastor Jimmy Holly, he's preached here for y'all a few times, I think. Pastor Jimmy, on the last Sunday of the month, he would always do a psalm. He would always do a psalm. And so as I got into ministry, I would do a psalm as well because it's a little bit different style of preaching and teaching, um, especially to look at a whole psalm or to look at parts of a psalm. And so I've preached through the Psalms. And as I looked, I thought it was interesting. The last Psalm that I would have preached would have been Psalm 9. And I preached that the last Sunday of August in 2015. That's the last time that I preached on a Sunday following that method. And I think it's great because it helps us to see God's Word in different ways. One of the things I just want to make a quick mention of, if I could, I want to plug our our website. Right? We, we put our messages on there. If you're encouraged by something, if you want to share it with someone else, go to BibleFellowshipSumter.com. There's a, a sermon or a message page, and all the messages are there. And what I'm going to try to do for y'all is the last one through nine psalms, I'll try to make a page, and all the psalms will be on one page. Okay? And so if you want to go back and listen, hopefully I have grown as a communicator and as a messenger of the gospel since then. Hopefully, you can only hope so. But um, we'll put those together because why, why do we do that? Because it's free. It only takes me about 15 minutes to do those things each week, and they're there. And they can encourage you again if there's, you know, I want to go back and listen to that or I want to get something, what did he reference, or if you want to share it. It's there for you to do that, okay? So as we turn into the book of Psalms, what is the purpose of Psalms? Well, it's poetry. And as I shared with you a few weeks ago, we have to realize that there are different types of writing and literature in the Bible. And so Psalms is poetry. And it's there to provide us with a picture of the praise and of the worship and the confession of the psalmist to God. Praise, worship, and confession. I want you to think about it for a minute. How do we communicate a lot? Hey, how are you? Fine. Right? How was your week? It was all right. What have you been up to? Nothing much. How's your family? Oh, they're doing great. That's not exactly in-depth, is it? It's not. And y'all, I kept wondering, God, why a break in this normal series? Why are you leading me to Psalm 10? Why are we breaking? Why wouldn't we just go into the next part, right? This was several part series that we're going through. Why wouldn't we just go on to the next topic? So I, I tried to be obedient and I'm like, okay, I don't know why we're doing this. You know, I know I did it before. I feel led to go to Psalm 10. And I want you to know that it wasn't until this morning, as I was reviewing, that it hit me. We've been talking about going deeper this month, right? So listen. As I gave you those examples of conversation a minute ago, hey, how are you? Fine. How's your family? They're doing okay. Right? When we add facts and opinions to our conversation, these words get deeper. But listen, the true person still lies beneath them. And reality, only when honest feelings and emotions are shared can real people be known, loved, and helped. 
So why are we in Psalm 10? Because it hit me, that is what the psalmist is about. That's what the psalmists are writing about. You see an intimate picture of their true honesty before God. They're going deeper. Amen? That's why we're in Psalm 10 this morning. And isn't it, it's not unlike God. That shows how great God is that I was struggling with God. Why are we here? And then as I began to just review this morning, it's like, there it is right before you. This is about deepness. This is about um, praise. This is about worship. This is about confession. This is about being honest before the Lord. So as we're going to turn to Psalms, if you'd allow me, I'd like to just kind of read something. I, I don't think I could phrase it any better. I don't think I could phrase it any better as we're looking into the Psalms. And like I told you, this teaching this morning is a little bit different than probably any other Sunday. Because there's so many parts and pieces and it's really a lot of, if you will, maybe some mini sermons in one. But I want to hit some highlights and I have about eight points that I'm going to kind of go through. And you won't really notice all eight, but I, to me they're eight points. But listen really quick as we, before we read Psalm 10. Often patterns of superficial communication spill over into our talks with God. Remember? How you doing? Fine. We easily slide through well-worn lines recited for decades, or we quickly toss a cliche or two at God and call it prayer. Certainly, God hears and understands these feeble attempts, but by limiting the depth of our communication, we become shallow in our relationship with Him. But God knows us, and He wants us to have genuine communication with us. At the center of the Bible is the book of Psalms. This great collection of songs and prayers expresses the heart and soul of humanity. In them, we find the whole range of human experiences expressed. This book holds no cliches. Instead, David and other writers honestly poured out their true feelings, reflecting a dynamic, powerful, and life-changing friendship with God. The psalmist confessed their sins, expressed their doubts and fears, asked God for help in times of trouble, and praise and worship Him. Listen, as you read the book of Psalms, you will hear believers crying out to God from the depths of despair, and you will hear them singing to Him in the heights of celebration. But whether the psalm writers are despairing or rejoicing, you will always hear them sharing honest Feelings with their God. Because the honesty expressed by these writers, men and women throughout the history, have come again and again to the book of Psalms for comfort during times of trouble and distress. And through the Psalms, they have risen from the depths of despair to new heights of joy and praise as they also discovered the power of, God, power of God's everlasting love and forgiveness. Listen. Let the honesty of the Psalms guide you into a deep and genuine relationship with God. So today we'll be looking at Psalm 10. If you will take your copy of God's Word, turn over to the Old Testament, rather large book, Psalm, and, and then Proverbs. Turn to Psalm chapter 10. And as you're finding your place, I just want to remind you that here we have a prayer of the psalmist. It's anonymous. 
There's no note above in your Bible. Usually there's a little inscription that kind of says who it is and maybe what's going on. If you'll notice, it, it really doesn't have that. So it's anonymous, but most scholars believe that it's written by David, and they honestly kind of combine Psalm nine and verse or Psalm nine and ten into one prayer. So let's look at Psalm nine. Why do you hide yourself? Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed sink down and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God. Lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wickedness, why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, you will never call to account? But you do see, for you know mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is the king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desires of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So I simply just want to step through and, and kind of make a few points out of this passage this morning. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Why? Why? Three times in this psalm, the psalmist says why. Verse 1, you see it twice. Verse 13, you see it again. Why? Can I ask you a question this morning? Where is your focus in times of trouble? Where is your focus in times of trouble? As I was was preparing this message, I thought about September 11th, 2001. When there was trouble that came to our land, what did we do? Churches opened their doors and people flocked to the church to seek God, to fall on their face and to pray for those that were killed, those that were hurt, and pray for our hurting nation. Where is your focus in times of trouble? When I read about this and I thought about asking God why, I thought about a recent headline that I read. Three Florida children die after climbing into an unplugged freezer. 
ask why. How? How could this happen? And as I began to read the article, the children, they were, they were stair-stepped. There was like six, five, and maybe less than two, like 16, 18 months old. So three small children died by climbing into a freezer. And I'm thinking, why? How? How did this happen? And as I began to read, what happened was they were in, uh, they were in this neighborhood going to visit some family, I think, and they climbed into the freezer, and when they did, they didn't realize that someone had made a, a hasp on the outside to keep the freezer locked. And when they climbed in, the hasp closed and locked them on the inside, and they died of asphyxiation. And so the, the parents, the grandparents, the people that they went to go visit, they are running around frantically looking for them. Where are you? Where are they? And when they found them, it was too late. Do you think that family asked why? I want you to think about, too, you know, guys... I've said it time and time again. I believe it within my heart. It's what the church does not talk about that its people struggle with the most. It's what the church doesn't talk about that its people struggle with the most. My job as a minister of the gospel is to make much of Jesus, to point you to him, to help you take next steps, to see some of the next steps that you can take, to seek after him as Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say seek ye first, make sure you faithfully attend Bible Fellowship Church. No, it says what? Seek ye first the Lord. But a part of that is to talk about things that we struggle with, but it's also, listen, it's also to talk about real things that go on all around us. Go on around this church, go on in our community, and we'll just stop right there. You can keep drawing circles. Think about this for a minute. We have a heroin epidemic in our country. Why? Right? I can't divulge too much information because of patient privacy, but I will tell you that I've heard from some nurses that there are multiple incidents. There have been multiple incidents on where they have multiple patients on one weekend who have overdosed on heroin. That's right here in Sumter, South Carolina. This is not L.A., this is not New York, this is not Atlanta, not Charlotte, right here in little old Sumter, South Carolina. And you ask, why? Because people are without hope. And you have hope within you and you do not share it. You won't step across the street. You won't step into conversations. You won't pray. I don't know why. I'm guilty too. I stand before you. I raise my hand too. Sometimes I don't step in when I'm supposed to. But you have hope and what are you doing with it? Friends, it is imperative that you have friends that are outside of your circle, why do you want people around you and to surround you that they think and act just like you? Right? I'm appreciative for some of the hard behind people that are hard to get along with that are in my life. Why? Because they stretch me and they make me see things that I don't see and, and see things from different perspectives. Find somebody who's not in your circle of influence and invest in their life. You don't have to be buddy-buddy with them. You don't have to go out, uh, you know, go on a weekend trip with them, but invite them to lunch. Have a conversation with them. Ask questions. Go through the phrase and just say, well, tell me more and tell me why. 
I have someone on my Facebook page that is an open homosexual. They live in, in a homosexual relationship. But I'm friends with them and I engage with them on Facebook. Why? Because the gospel is for everybody. Amen? And just because they are living that lifestyle, am I buddy-buddy with them? And do you see pictures and me doing stuff and going on weekend trips with them? No. But guess what? We're friends together. And I place things on Facebook that are gospel-centered and trying to be an encourager. And who knows, whether it's me or somebody else, the seeds that are being planted in those in that couple's life. Amen? Don't shy away from it. God didn't. Jesus didn't. When he came to earth and he walked among us, he sat and he ate with the sinners. Amen. He sat with the tax collectors. He sat with the people that nobody else wanted to be around. He was there with them. And so when we talk about loving our neighbors and loving our enemy, friends, it's not about loving the person on the pew next to you who's nice and cleaned up. We, we had a conversation with some other church people. Actually, yesterday I had a conversation with someone. Saturdays are a great conversation day for me because I run into people that I don't usually on, the, on during the week. And we talked about the simple fact. You have to catch them before you clean them. Amen? So if we're going to go out and we're going to cast our nets and we're going to throw the gospel and we're going to throw seeds, guess what? We might have some people who come in here that don't look and smell great and look how you think they should look. But guess what? They're lost people. They're going to act lost. You can't, you can't, I mean, I'm not a great fisherman, never really caught much, but you have to go what? You have to go fishing and you have to catch them what? Before you clean them, amen? You're not going to clean them before you catch them. That doesn't make any sense. Sorry, I got off on a Holy Spirit inspired rant. Heroin epidemic. What about why, when we ask why? Cancer. Car crashes, shootings, sex trafficking. Young boys, young girls are being pulled into an industry that exists all around us in our community. People have been busted for that. They've, they've freed, there's whole ministries. That's what that, you know, this is what, this is what I want you to get a picture of. When the Lord lays something on your heart, when you've been through something or you're passionate about something, you you pray and when God lays it on your heart, you run after it. Amen? There's a young lady, well, she's not young anymore, but there's a woman that I like. Her name is Christine Kane. She was unwanted, unnamed, left, you know, nobody wanted her. She had literally a number. That was her name. She went into the foster care system in Australia. She was eventually put into a foster system. She was sexually abused and beaten as a child. And so when she came to the gospel, do you think she was broken? By God, yes, she was. And she had a lot of scars and a lot of bruises. bruises. But you know what she did? As she came to God and she realized who God was, she said, okay, God, I want you to take my pain. I want you to take my scars and I want you to use it for your glory. And she started a ministry called A21, which is they go into third world countries where sex trafficking is happening majorly. And people are being sucked into this. And they're going and they're freeing girls. And they're freeing people from that industry. And they're prosecuting people. Praise God that people are being broken. Free of the bondage that holds them. Amen? Because why? Because one woman was passionate about what the Lord had done in her life. And she ran after to make a difference for him and the lives of others. 
How about, I'm not going to stay here long, but how about this week in New York, in New York State that, they, that you can have an abortion up until the time that you're born? Do you see that, friends? You're left wondering why. And I'm so thankful for a pastor friend of mine in Tennessee. And you know what he posted on Facebook this week? And it was kind of encouraging amidst all this about the abortion stuff that everybody was talking about. Oh, friends, it is getting gloriously dark. It is getting gloriously dark. The Lord is setting the stage for His return. Amen? And so now, more than ever, I asked you this morning, why do people not come to church? Because they don't see that it makes a difference. That means that you and I, not just me, amen, it's not ever who's going to fill this pulpit, but it's the members of the church going out and making disciples. It's investing your life in other people. You're going to have to do it. I can't, I'm going to have to do it too, amen? But I can't reach everybody. But if you just, if you just pray and say, okay, God, will you give me, will you give me a passion for like one person? And somebody wrote that on their connect card recently. Praise God. Pray for someone that I could disciple. Amen. I'm praying with them. I'm praying that the Lord will send that person for them to disciple. Why? Because they want to invest. Just pray for one. I'm not asking for you to fill a bus. Well, I did ask you to fill a pew. Can't continue to work on that. Continue work on that. Continue to invite, right? But it's us living out the gospel. It takes all of us. So where is your focus in times of trouble? To the psalmist, God seemed far away. But even though he had honest doubts, he did not stop praying. He did not conclude that God no longer cared. So the, the second point, the first point was kind of, okay, you're, it's okay to question God. The second point is verses 2 through 13 kind of have a theme. And you'll see that. I'm going to reread it. But the theme from 2 through 13 is this theme of rejecting God. Rejecting God. God. So with that in mind, let's reread this and I'll make a few points along the way. In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Why do people think that? Why? Because they don't want to be held accountable for their actions. Amen. They think I can just live however. If, if there's no God, I can just live however I want to live. And that's not what God's word tells us. Amen. That we do have a maker. We do have a creator. We will meet him and we will be held accountable for what we've done and for what we've not done. Amen. I, want to, I forgot to read something really quick. So I want you to see too as we're reading through these verses that the psalmist isn't complaining but he's simply asking God to hurry to his aid. Listen, it is in times when we feel most alone or oppressed that we need to keep praying and telling God about our troubles. 
Go deeper with Him. What did we talk about a few weeks ago? The first week of this year. That our goal should be to go deeper with God and deeper with others. We have to go deeper with the Lord. We have to get past platitudes and pleasantries and go past the surface and to pour out our heart before the Lord. Those things that are happening. He can take it. Listen to what the psalmist is saying. He has a strong word in just a few minutes that I'll point out in some of the later verses. He doesn't hold back from God. God can take it. Amen? Pour out your heart before Him. Verse 5. Verse 5, his ways prosper at all times. I'm just going to stop right there. I put an asterisk. As I was studying this, I love, I love when I'm studying Scripture, right? Because what did we talk about another week ago? We talked about studying Scripture, having a good study Bible. I leaned on some of those sources. I'm praying. I'm marking out the Word, but I also lean on my study Bible and some other sources that I have. But let me tell you what. As I read that, listen to one of the questions that it asked me. Why are we upset when the wicked prosper? Why are we upset when the wicked prosper? Listen, are we angry about the damage they're doing or just jealous of their success? Are we angry of the damage are we jealous because of their success? Are we jealous because of their lifestyle? Because of what they get to enjoy? I don't know about you, but that was like, wow. Okay, Lord. Right? Because, see, people live for happiness. But happiness is temporary. Joy in the Lord is everlasting. Amen? You can be in adverse circumstances and still have joy. To answer the questions that I just asked you, are we upset when the wicked prosper? Or are we angry about the damage they're doing? Or just jealous of their success? To answer these questions, we must gain the right perspective on wickedness and wealth. The wicked will surely be punished because God hates their evil deeds. Listen. Wealthy or wealth is only temporary. Wealth is only temporary. And wealth is not necessarily a sign of God's approval on one's life. Nor, nor is it a lack of... Of God's disapproval. Do you see that? So when we think about someone who is wealthy, that does not mean that they are necessarily blessed. And someone who is not wealthy, that does not mean that they have God's disapproval. I've told my kids time and time again, I think my parents taught me this. It's something I learned. Maybe I came up with it. I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of things I've been taught in my life. Big houses... Fancy cars, nice clothes, and cool toys. You know what? Go, you know what I can say about all of those. And it's mainly went with cars. As I was in high school, I think it's where this came from. You think about this fellow driving a nice, full size, you know, Silverado with big mud tires. Oh man, that's awesome. You know what? Like I tell my kids, his parents had the bill to go along with that. 
Amen? So as you look from the outside, if you look at the outside of people around us, just because they have does not mean that they're not swimming in a mountain of debt. As Dave Ramsey has said, and you've heard me say time and time again, I love it. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. You think about that next time. I don't know about you. I like going shopping. I grew up, it was me and my mom the majority of the time. I like to go shopping. I like to buy things. But how often do you buy things with money that you don't have, that you don't need, to impress impress people you don't like? Listen to this. Don't let wealth become your obsession. Don't let wealth become your obsession. I don't know about you, but ouch. Right? As I read that and as I studied that, I mean, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. Right? We all want to have money. We all want to have things to be able to provide for our family. Amen? We want to be able to pay our bills and and live comfortably. But how many people are just chasing a dollar? I know people who have. They've worked full-time jobs where they work seven days a week. They never have a break. Oh, they make good money. But can you work seven days a week, week in and week out, and sustain that? No. And eventually they see that, yeah, they're making lots of money, but they don't get to enjoy it, right? Everybody else does. Their family does while they're at work. Here's something to chew on about prayer and money. Psalm, uh, sorry, Proverbs 37 through 9. Something to chew on and to pray about when it comes to money. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. That's part one. We'll come back next week and we'll look at part two. Amen? There's one thing the Lord's kind of teaching me. You don't have to rush. Just take your time. There's, there's more there. Amen? There's more that I could ask. There's more that I can do, but we'll just revisit it next week. Okay? So this is part one. We'll have part two. I don't want to rush just for the sake of getting through that. But I, I leave you with these thoughts. You know, where where do you turn and where's your focus in times of trouble? Is it on the Lord? As as we've been in this month of talking about going deeper, do you see <laughs> Lord knows I'm not weaving this thread. 
Amen. The Lord just laid go deeper on my heart. But do you see the theme and do you see the interwoven thread of how God is where I, I couldn't see it until this morning of why we were in Psalm 10. But we're there. Why? Because it's about honest confession. It's about honest feelings. It's about honest emotion before the Lord. And so my challenge to you this morning is will you take some time this week? Will you take some time this afternoon and will you just go before the Lord and be honest? Don't just come before Him with the platitudes and the pleasant trees that we sometimes greet Him with. Amen? But go deeper. Reread Psalm 10. We'll, go, we'll, we'll preach through the rest of it next week. Read through it this week. Spend time on one of those verses. Maybe study something a little bit deeper. Amen? I encourage you, if you'd like to, we'll, I'll be around. I, I want to be the, my goal as your interim pastor is I want to be the last person to leave every Sunday. Last person to leave. Because you guys, this is what I preach and pray and prepare for. So there's a conversation that we need to have. If um, there was a prayer request this morning, I need to pray for Danny's family. Uh, his, his aunt passed away. So he told me about that, and I got to pray with him. So if there's a way I can pray for you, if there's a resource you need, maybe you didn't write it on the Connect card, but you just want to say, hey, Chris, I really want to know, how do I go deeper with God? How do I go deeper in prayer? How do I, go, how do I take a next step in, in going deeper with relationships with people that don't believe what I believe? I'd love to have that conversation with you.